Almost every article on the front page of today's Wisconsin State Journal was about COVID-19. More than 1,500 people went to the Alliant Energy Center in Madison this week for free drive-up testing. Here's another story. Ousted immunologist Dr. Rick Bright is going to testify today in Washington. Phil, this next one's going to hit you hard. Bratfest is canceled. Yeah, it's my, uh, one of my favorite holidays of the year. Dane County Fair is canceled, too. And Wisconsin is now identifying which nursing homes have cases of COVID-19. And then, of course, the big story... Three-word headline on the front page, order struck down. Our very conservative and staid and respectful Supreme Court decided to take the, what I would call, reckless action and immediately end Wisconsin's stay-at-home order. The Republican legislature sued the Evers administration saying, you don't have the authority to keep the state in lockdown in perpetuity. But as a caveat, of course, the legislature said, and once you strike down the order, give us six days to come up with a plan. And the Supreme Court's like... You don't need a plan. State's open. Well, today on Center Stage, the Wisconsin State Journal's political podcast from the Sensible Center of Wisconsin Politics, we're going to talk about what the high court did, its implications, and where Wisconsin goes from here. I'm Scott Milford. I'm the editorial page editor for the Wisconsin State Journal. And I'm Phil Hans. I'm the editorial cartoonist for the Wisconsin State Journal. We are half of the Wisconsin State Journal editorial board. The less quarantined half. Did you go out and exercise your right to party last night, Phil? No, but my friends, I'm getting text messages all day like, hey, Phil, you hit the bars yet? (laughs) Those were out-of-state friends. Wisconsin sort of has this reputation as we're a big, heavy drinking state. So what do we do as soon as our lockdown is immediately removed? We go crowd into bars and get plastered. At least at two or three bars that happened. Uh, Enough bars to be all over social media. Yeah, I think it was the exception, not the rule. Nonetheless, in Dane County, nothing's changed. Dane, Milwaukee, Racine, Rock, as well as Appleton and some other communities immediately adopted local rules that mirrored the Governor Tony Evers' stay-at-home order. These are pretty big counties that did this, too. I would imagine half of the state's population is still under effective lockdown orders. I was at Woodman's last night getting, no, not just beer. I was getting some groceries, too, Phil. And definitely the majority of people were wearing masks, and all staff were, too. Everything's the same here. The question is, if we're going to have a patchwork of regulation now, county by county. How is that going to work or is it not going to work? The virus doesn't respect county lines. So if people from Madison decide that we need to go be at a bar, so we're going to drive up to Sauk City and go get plastered at a bar there, we can bring the virus back home to Dane County. The virus isn't going to stop at the county line. We've often complained about the Wisconsin Supreme Court being extremely partisan, and we've blamed that on judicial elections largely, in which the public tends to vote for the unofficial Democrat or the unofficial Republican. And a lot of people view the high court as just sort of this second legislature that when the legislature goes to court or the governor do, then this second group of partisans on the court come in and decide along partisan lines. It wasn't quite that way because Brian Hagedorn, the newest member of the court, voted with the two perceived liberals on the court. So it wasn't the normal 5-2 vote, but the conservatives still had a 4-3 majority. And they didn't vote on whether or not the stay-at-home order was a good 
idea. They are not the policymakers. They voted on whether the order was legal, and four of them decided it wasn't, and three of them decided it was. So it is struck down, and as you said, the legislature wanted to have sort of a timeout for several days to figure out where do we go from here, and instead the high court just said, no, it's gone right now, this instant. And I think, you know, people are going to talk back and forth about whether this was a good decision or a bad decision. To me, the denying Voss and Fitz's request for a cooling off period is probably the worst part of this case. The stay-at-home order was on its way out the door. Things were starting to open up, and we were were in a good spot. And now they've sort of thrown us into chaos by just opening up the state willy-nilly, forcing other counties to make some regulations and rules. There wasn't a chance to get these wide rules out for how people should reopen. There are some guidelines from various groups, but they haven't been made official yet. So... This decision, I'm, I'm not a judge, I'm not an attorney, I just play one on in cartoons, but um, to me, the, the decision to not honor the legislature's request for a waiting period was reckless. I think this is reckless and dangerous. Yeah, I don't think there was any reason they couldn't have granted the plaintiffs in this case, the Republicans, their six days or however many days they wanted. Maybe the reason they didn't do it is because Evers might have, I mean, the metrics in the state have been so positive and so good with our with us fighting the virus, Evers might have opened the state up before the six-day waiting period was over, which would have totally stolen the Republican thunder on this one. Some of the national coverage and a lot of the partisan debate in Wisconsin is that you get this impression that we are either either on total lockdown or anybody can do whatever they want. And in reality, we've been moving closer and closer to everybody can do what they want for weeks now. The governor allowed retailers to open if you keep five or fewer customers in the store. Which is essentially a boon to all the small businesses we care so much about in the state. He had previously allowed curbside pickup for just about any business that could pull that off. Let's say you are selling plants for gardens. People can drive up and pick up the items that way. So that had already occurred. Restaurants and bars could sell takeout. Our state parks were open. Our golf courses were open. All sorts of activities are available for people. You know, like in Chicago, they shut down the lakeshore. You know, you can't go for a jog on the lake in Chicago. That's it. That's, they didn't do that in Wisconsin anywhere. You know, the bike paths are probably the most dangerous place to be in Madison right now. They're so full of people. The governor had made a point that under his metrics, three of the four main metrics he was relying on for when we would reopen officially, those had been satisfied. And the fourth one was almost satisfied. It just wasn't statistically significant. And the unsatisfied metric wasn't even COVID symptoms. It was people coming to the doctors with flu-like symptoms. So we were so close. And so I'm not so sure there's chaos across Wisconsin. We were moving to reopening. And this sort of clods it up and it creates potentially some opportunities like when in Florida, the college kids were partying on the beach during spring break and people worried, oh my God, they're going to take that and spread it all over the country and we're going to have a bigger problem again. That's what I thought of when I saw the Platteville bar video with the kids partying in the bar, really close, kind of packed bar. I mean, if one person has COVID-19 and they don't even know it, they could leave and spread that all over the place. Nursing homes where people are very vulnerable to COVID-19, a lot of people that work there 
our young people who maybe feel invulnerable and feel like they need to blow off some steam after a hard day of taking care of difficult people at nursing homes. Maybe they need to go to the bar for a little while afterwards, and then they bring it back to the nursing home the next day. It's scary. I would be very surprised if many communities allow packed bars. The Tavern League, they immediately let their members know after this ruling yesterday that they could open immediately. But they also encouraged businesses uh, to open following the safe practice recommendations that were just created by the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation. From the videos and, and, and images we saw, it doesn't look like those bars in question were following those guidelines. No. And also the president of the Wisconsin Restaurant Association, who was happy that restaurants could offer some table service now in counties that don't stop that, She also made a point of cautioning her members. Uh, This was Kristen Hilmer. She said, we know there's a virus out there. If it traces back to a restaurant, there's no immunity from lawsuits if they are not being careful. So I suspect the effect of this court ruling is not going to be nearly as significant as people think. Well, one of the reasons that is, Scott, is because I'm not sure how many people feel safe going out of their houses yet. You can have all the businesses you want opened, but if consumers don't feel safe like we have this virus under control, they're not going to visit them. Going back to the Supreme Court ruling, what's frustrating is that laymen can, you know, I can look at the statutes that the that, that exist and, you know, statutes say the health department's in charge of dealing with pandemics and they can issue orders restricting movement. And I'm sure there's legal reasonings as to why the Supreme Court could decide to do what they wanted to do. But to a layman looking at the actual statutes that the legislature wrote, it seems like they're just making stuff up. As Brian Hagedorn said in his dissent in this case, he's the conservative justice from Waukesha County. He said that the legislature didn't have standing in this case because essentially the court was allowing the legislature to say that its own law was unconstitutional. The legislature should be changing its law. If they want the law changed, they should change their law, not ask the Supreme Court to rule it unconstitutional. In all fairness, it was a legislature a long time ago that passed this, not the current lawmakers. But that's a fine point. I think on the other side, the point is this wasn't just uh, an order. It was an extension of an order by an unelected, actually unconfirmed... That's not her fault. uh, ...secretary of DHS. This sort of speaks to the partisan dysfunction in our state is that the person running our response to COVID-19 is not a confirmed member of Evers cabinet yet because the Senate run by uh, Scott Fitzgerald has just chosen not to hold hearings to confirm her yet. They haven't said she's not qualified or that she shouldn't be serving in the post. They've just dragged their feet... And maybe now they can just fire her if they want to. But, you know, that's not how our system is designed to be, where, you know, the Evers is supposed to pick people that are acceptable to the Senate. They're supposed to either confirm or deny their request. And then that person serves at the pleasure of the governor, not at the pleasure of the Senate. Yeah, it's petty. And even if they get rid of the secretary designee, there'll be another one in there doing what Tony Evers wants. So I I don't know what they really accomplished there other than some uh, grandstanding if they get rid of her. But in any case, the argument can be made that, well, there was the initial health order and we were in a different situation than we are now. The virus had just hit us. People were afraid that the emergency rooms were going to be overrun with patients and we'd have dead bodies in the hallway piling up like they had for a while in New York. That's no longer the fear. We've moved forward. And part of this case, it was about an extension of an order when some people felt like 
the emergency was not the same anymore, and thus the extension of the order really should be a rule, which includes legislative input and approval, not just an order that's unilateral. The laws are so complex and so full of if, ands, or buts, you can find a legal reasoning to do whatever you really want to do and claim it's constitutional. Well, what do we do here moving forward then, Phil? We're going to have a Sunday editorial on where do we go from here? There's a little more than 10,000 cases that have been confirmed in Wisconsin now and more than 420 deaths. I'm a little worried that this reckless Supreme Court decision was actually going to slow down the opening of our economy in Wisconsin. I think we were on a really strong, measured path to being all open in a couple of weeks. I mean, I mean, Evers had already claimed that he had no intention of extending his order past May 26, which is the day after Memorial Day, which was, was that two weeks away from now, Scott? It's less than two weeks. And every week we were getting sort of little measured changes. Retail businesses being allowed to open with five people in the stores was a really big step forward. And I think we were taking the right approach to this. And now with this order, there's a couple of things that could happen. God forbid there's an outbreak in some of these places that are now have no rules in some of these counties. Like if there's an outbreak in Platteville, if there's an outbreak in Port Washington, where we know some of these bars were, that means we have to go back. We start we, we start over again with this whole thing. And I, I'm not sure that's likely, but I think that's uh, would be, be really tragic. And people would die. People would get sick. And we would not be controlling the spread of the virus. What I think is actually more likely to happen is that I doubt that Dane County, Milwaukee County, Brown County, and Racine County, and Kenosha County will be opening up as fast as they would have been under the statewide orders of Governor Evers. And that's about half of our population of our state, and a big chunk of our economy is going to be held up longer than we otherwise would have been because of this order. Because it's going to be up to the individual counties and not a statewide order. Yeah, unless we have a governor and a legislature that can sit down and come to an agreement. Unfortunately, we don't seem to have that in Wisconsin. That's why I have a hard time getting all mad and blaming the Supreme Court for a legal decision, which is in vogue in liberal Madison, because they're not the policymakers. Now, maybe you can say, well, this is setting policy and they shouldn't be do that, doing that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would but, argue that ending a policy is the same as setting a policy. Regardless of that, it's not their job to set policy. It's the governor and the legislature's job to set policy. So do your job and set policy. My anger is at the governor and the legislature for not being able to agree on some principles moving forward, especially when just the other day in our paper, Robin Voss was now talking about doing things statewide rather than regionally, which was kind of the opposite of what his position had been before. I don't think you can direct a whole lot of anger at the Evers administration. The the intransigence is probably on the jokers and the assembly and the Senate who have never found a reason not to hate whatever Governor Evers is doing, no matter what it is, you know. Evers keeps saying, I'd like to work the Republicans, but I don't see what their plan is besides the WMC plan, uh, the Wisconsin Manufacturers and Commerce plan that sort of has a tiered system of businesses that can open up. They say the governor springs stuff on them and doesn't involve them. Do we know if that's true or not? I don't know if that's true. We're not the only state that's having a legislature and governor disagreeing on this that are from different parties. We are the first state to have our lockdown ended by a Supreme Court ruling, though. 
Is it once a month our Supreme Court's going to be making national headlines for dealing with COVID-19? It was last month they uh, had the election, and and uh, this month we got our lockdown ended by fiat, by the, judici- by the judiciary, basically. I mean, But there again, I mean, we don't need to go relitigate that election, but there was no evidence that holding that election caused untold deaths. Um, and similarly, I think in this case, the implication of this decision is not going to dramatically change a lot because we were already at least two-thirds of the way to reopening, and we're about to probably fully reopen with some safeguards in place. My biggest compliment to Governor Evers on this whole thing is that under his direction, WEDIC, the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation, We have all these guidelines now in place for restaurants, bars, hair salons, all sorts of businesses on how to safely proceed as we reopen. And if nothing else, I would say, why don't we require those instead of making them guidelines? Maybe the legislature and the governor can just adopt that and say, here are the rules moving forward. Again, not a a constitutional attorney here, Scott, but by not doing anything nationwide, the Trump administration has basically put governors in charge of how they deal with these with the virus in their own states. And but now even our governor's not in charge of how to deal with it. He's got to work with this legislature, which has been very difficult to work with. The U.S. House of Representatives run by Democrats, they don't want to let Donald Trump decide everything either. The same way as the legislature here doesn't want to let Tony Evers decide everything. We got to get Evers and the Republicans to work together. And if they don't, they are the bad guys, not the court. It's them. They're in charge of policy. And here's what I'm going to bring up the court again. I think I, I want to say they're the bad guy in this one case in that Voss and Fitz wanted a week to, let, to figure out what to do. And the court said no. I think that was a really bad decision, and that's really indefensible, I think. Speaking of bad decisions, Phil, also on the front page of the Wisconsin State Journal, way at the top with a little tiny photo referring you to the sports page, was this unbelievable decision. Now I am outraged that they would allow a designated hitter in the National League this year. Uh, What's your view on that? God forbid. Well, I'm, I'm an American League guy, so it doesn't bother me that much. I think it's sort of interesting and arcane that we let pitchers bat in the National League considering they usually suck at hitting. I will leave you with one anecdote from the great Detroit Tigers manager Jim Leland who also managed the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Florida Marlins in the National League. He said it's much easier to manage in the National League because the lineup makes your pitching change decisions for you. The judgment calls of when to pull a pitcher are really easy in the National League. It depends on if they're up in in the lineup or not. And in the American League, you've got to decide whether your starter's got it for one more inning or not. Phil, unlike in politics, when it comes to baseball, I am a raging, close-minded partisan. And the fact is, the Brewers have better hitting pitchers than other teams in recent years. So it's to our advantage. So like a good partisan, I will just look short-term at the rule and decide that it's best for my team. And that's my position. So there you go. You are fine to have your wrong opinion, Scott. Our theme music is by Tube Tester. To subscribe to the Wisconsin State Journal Digital Edition and get all of our news, sports, weather, opinion, restaurant reviews, crossword puzzles, Phil Hands editorial cartoons for just $3 for the first three months, go to madison.com slash subscribe now.